Hello from your At The Flicks team. Lockdown continues on. With TV and streaming getting its highest figures in years, but is any of it any good? Well, there's only one person who can tell us. Hi, Deck, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Enjoying lockdown? <laughs> oh, yeah? You're the one, eh? Yeah, <laughs> You've not been up to Durham, have you, or anywhere like that? Uh, you know, yeah, my eyesight was playing up, so I just had to go for a drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seemed like the obvious thing to do. Well, you know, it's knocked spec savers off the map now, isn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. So, but uh, has your eyesight been good enough for you to watch some shows? Yeah, it has. Singing my own trumpet, if anyone who listened to the last episode of Carry On Streaming, I think I've pretty much got the nail on the head. I think all the ones I recommended have all been pretty good. So hopefully that will continue. Yeah, so last episode I recommended a few things. One of them was Normal People which has been a rave success. Lots of people have watched it. It's been BBC Three's, one of their biggest ever shows in terms of download. I mean, obviously the the lockdown will help that figure, but yeah, it's been a real success. It's just so well made. So Lenny Abrahamson, yep, the director of Room and Frank, he's done a few of the episodes. And this seems to be quite common with a lot of the... um, what we'll talk about today and a lot of the uh, series, TV series that are being developed now is you have multiple directors. You don't tend to have one. So, which is interesting because you get different styles appearing across the story sort of thing. So you've got the same story, but you've got different people's views on it. So you've got a really successful director and the other director is Hattie McDonald. And basically the story is these two young kids starts when they're still at school and it follows them sort of into their sort of mid twenties, I think on-off relationship that they have it's quite frustrating to watch at times because they they're obviously really like each other but but due to sort of social situations and and different groups of friends they sort of hide their feelings towards each other and it reminds me a lot and i've said this and even um even my mum who watched it said the same thing it reminds you of being a teenager again it just reminds you of that sort of excitement but also that pain that frustration where you can't seem to get it together or if you do it doesn't work or there's or you get dumped and that's that whole thing of trying to fit in with the right group so if you're in with one group but the girl that you likes in with another group might be too risky because you don't want to upset your friend's group you know and then take the mickey out of you and say why are you why she's a you know she's a sporty geek or whatever why are you interested in her so yeah i thought it was it just got it across really really well really good series and on top of it all the soundtrack was brilliant the soundtrack was so good that i've been listening to the playlist and the from the soundtrack for weeks now after so how does this compare with something like sex education it's different because sex education has got the humor but it's similar in terms of you know when you're watching sex education occasionally you'll be like no oh no don't do that you know you like each other no no why are you you know you get those moments of yeah. ah sort of thing and it yeah it does do that as well but the the two leads i mean uh the, the girl who plays marianne daisy edgar jones i've seen her in i think she was in cold feet playing one of the daughters so it's her first sort of quite big role and she's very good but the the lad who plays connell paul mescal oh my goodness he's got a bright future if he if he picks the right scripts and stuff because there's a bit where it's not giving anything away but he goes through a period of sort of depression so it's an instant that happens um it'll make sense but Oh my gosh, he he played it so well. Playing someone who's depressed, you can it's easy to overegg it. It's easy to yeah, yeah. you know, and it and it doesn't become believable. The, he's having an interview with a, a doctor or whatever, and it, it's just brilliant. It's how you imagine. It's just yeah, it's just incredible. Really moving, really really moving. We watched this, and again, it was one of those ones that it's because they're half an hour episodes. You tend to binge two or three at a time. And you want to just watch the next one. And everyone's been saying the same thing. It's not just me. It's been getting rave reviews. So I would recommend you add this to your list, definitely. I certainly okay. will. Now, now, I hear BBC are bringing BBC Three back as a channel on TV. Could it be in part because of the, of the success of this show? I think so. I think this and a few other successes they've had in recent. I'm not sure whether it's a good idea. I'm not sure whether I agree because all the people I know that watch this are watching it on the iPad. They don't, they're not like, oh, I wish I could watch this on real TV. Yeah, they're watching strange. on the iPlayer, so I don't see why you need to go back to a channel, really. If it, if they're saying it's more expensive to run a, a, a channel, no one's watching live TV, really, net TV now anyway, so I don't know. But yes, I think that's one of the reasons this has been a, a real success. I agree. I mean, I watch everything over the internet. I don't watch live TV at all these days. Is it just me, though? So, well, of course it is, Jeff. 
I mean, you still have DVDs and gramophones and there are people who have, there are people who still don't have broadband in their house though. So they're, they're obviously the ones that will still be watching live TV. So they do exist. Okay. What else there? Uh, One of the other things I suggested last time was Killing Eve, third series of Killing Eve. I just had a really bad breakup. But when I think about my ex, I realize I am so much happier now she's dead. I'm moving up in the world. Eve is alive. She's back, Eve. This isn't about me. You don't seem very happy. Happy, happy. <laughs> Up for a game? I'm just having some fun. Admit it, Eve. You wish I was here. No spoilers, please. Um, uh, no spoilers. I won't give you any spoilers, other to, other than to say I think it's starting to lose its edge. Yeah. I don't know whether uh, I don't know whether it's because the Fleabag writer, whatever, um, has sort of left and she's only executive producer now. So whether it's because of her writing, I mean, Jodie Cromer is still brilliant, and she is the reason it was a success in the first place, and she still continues to make it watchable because. But when it's got to the point now that when she's not on screen you get bored. Whereas before, either she was on screen more, or I think before you had her and Sandra O oh, playing off each other. The script has taken them in different directions and now they're not on screen together very much. And I think that's what you've lost, uh, is you've lost that that energy like between them. And they've tried to hook um, Jodie Cromer's characters up with other people. It just doesn't quite work. She's still brilliant. And there's some great, still some great lines in it. There's still, there's, um, I won't spoil it because you haven't seen it, but when she's dressed as a clown, there's a line in there that I just rolled about laughing, which I just thought was brilliant. And she does deliver them so well. So at the moment, it's a vehicle for her still. Uh, and I think still think she'll get nominated for more awards. But I just think they probably should have ended it at the end of series two. And if not, they should definitely end it at the end of this series. I know people who were watching it I mean, like my wife was watching it avidly now. She's not that bothered. We'll get to the end of the series. We won't give up on it. We haven't got many left. So, uh, Neil, I thought you were a fan of this as well, aren't you? Yes, I, I, I've got halfway through second series and just stopped, I'm afraid. I don't know why. I need to get back into it. Well, i yet to try it. One of the other things that I recommended last time that was absolutely brilliant was Devs. So yes, brilliant. This is only eight episodes, so it's all Alex Garland's baby, the guy from Ex Machina, and it's based in a similar universe to Ex Machina, mm. I suppose. You have to get your head around quantum physics quite a bit, which is could be tricky at times. So you spend some of your evenings researching it ready for the next episode, but with lots of different multi-world theories and lots of other things that get thrown, thrown around. But I thought this was brilliant, and as I mentioned before about TV series being having different directors this one is just Alex Gardland and you can tell that it's his baby and it's got his mark on it and it's his style and if you don't like his style you won't like it but if you do you'll love it he's one of my favorite sci-fi creators I loved Ex Machina I've liked other stuff he's done in the past and I thought this again was brilliant I thought it was just the right length eight episodes if it'd been yes, any longer definitely. it would have dragged yeah you have to really concentrate because it messes with your headspace a bit. Yeah, I thought it was really good. So you've seen it then, Graham? Oh, yeah. I watched the whole thing. In fact, I binged the whole thing. Wow. Really over over a weekend. Yeah, it was just so good. So good. A lot of people have complained, said, oh, the IT people are a bit stereotyped. You have the, the sort of the old hippie Grateful Dead guy, and then you have the very, very young sort of 14-year-old super whiz kid, and you have the manipulating physicist woman and all of that. However... But I know people in IT like those, <laughs> exactly like those. That's the reason so, they're stereotyped. It's exactly, because they are attracted <laughs> to that sort of IT. I did think, you know, there were a little, few little things in it that annoyed me. But, hey, the whole concept of it was just brilliant. And there are two things in it. There's the crucifixion and the cave. And I'm not going to say any more. Um, and I thought that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would have wanted to see 
those two things. And yep, I thought it was brilliant. And the way they, the, the, the place where they, they're doing the science in, the way they isolate it from the rest of the world, I thought that was very inventive and quite genius. And they use that sideways elevator really well in the last part of the, uh, the show. Yeah, it was clever. It was, it was great. clever, very clever ending. Very clever. Yeah. The only thing I thought that was funny was that giant statue of his of his daughter. Oh my goodness! Why would you Why would you do that? And yet you go and you go round Google and you'll see stranger things than that. Will you? Oh gosh, is that what it's yeah. based on? Wow! I just loved it. Thought it was brilliant. So re- highly recommend that one. Okay. Interested? Many our listeners have been watching that and what their views are on it. I'm intrigued enough to go see that. What else, Dak? So the other thing is, I discovered a few things on iPlayer when I was obviously in between watching these things. One of them I watched just as light relief is called I'll Get This. And it's it's a bit silly. It's they get five celebrities to go for a meal. um, So they all sit around a table and I've seen the trailer for this. Yeah, 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 they play games and one of them ends up paying for the whole meal. It's hit and miss. It all depends who the guests are a lot of the time. So sometimes you've got celebrities that get a bit drunk and it could be quite funny. And you get others that are very obviously aware that they're on camera and and hold back a bit more. So it does depend on the mix of people because they have people that you'd never imagine in real life would ever eat a meal together. And they deliberately, you know, pick someone who's from a sporting background, someone who's a presenter or something, someone who's a reality star, and they sort of put them together. It's a bit like come dine with me type sort of silliness, but light relief, which I need sometimes from the things that I watch. Who was the best mix? Oh, there was one with, um, what's his name? Johnny Vegas. And oh, he's, brilliant. <laughs> he's brilliant because, of course, he was just getting drunk because he was dragging everyone else into it. So they were all drinking as well. At the end, they all looked like they were going to carry on drinking. You know, they didn't look like they were just getting up and they looked like they were going to go to the bar and just and really go for it. So it was hilarious. <laughs> so that was and one of the games they play um, doesn't give anything away. One of the games they play in a because they play slightly different games in each episode. But in one of the ones that comes up quite a lot is they have a row of shot glasses. Five have got water in and five have got neat vodka in. And they have to, the person has to down it and then they have to guess, have they just downed water or have they just downed vodka? So, of course, they act and they put on, a, you know, they try and fake it or bluff it or double bluff it. Of course, it's just hilarious because you've got these celebrities downing vodkas. It's just fantastic. So, yeah, that's quite entertaining. And then I caught, um, and this is a one I caught purely by chance. It's only five episodes. And it's called In My Skin. It's a, quite a dark comedy. The lead girl in it. So she's a teenage girl. She's at school and she's probably about, uh, I don't know how old she's meant to be, about 15, maybe. Don't want to give anything away. But basically, she comes from quite a deprived background, but she doesn't want her school friends to know. So she lies basically continuously, saying, you know, that her mum works in accounts and her dad is whatever. But they're not. They're, not, they're far from it. What it made me realize is I don't know much about this background. I haven't luckily come from a middle class background and most of my friends are but you can imagine especially now in lockdown families like this will be really really struggling so I thought it was quite poignant so I don't know whether the BBC had put it back on for the on the iPlayer for this reason because it was made in 2018 so whether they've put it on there because they just got stuff they want to put out there because right they can't make new stuff at the moment or whether they think like me that actually this is quite interesting to watch during this period it's quite harrowing to watch, but it's a comedy, which is I know, which is weird because she sort of she tries to make jokes out of her what's going on in her life. But oh my gosh, gosh, I really feel for you know, it's for people like this that are almost like carers, but they're children and they're growing up. And it, yeah, it's it was a real eye opener. But again, it's only five episodes, and we started watching it thinking it was just going to be one of those school comedies, you know, kid at school. But actually, it's quite hard hitting and quite moving. I definitely recommend again. Five very short episodes, doesn't take any much of your time, but I think worth watching just just from an interest point of view. Uplifting lockdown viewing. Yeah, good lockdown viewing. What's that called again? It's called In My Skin. Maybe I'm more, part of me is maybe fascinated because I didn't know very little about this area of the population, if you sort of mean. But um, yeah, yeah, quite harrowing. Bit of social commentary. Wow. Yeah. Great. Okay. Can I throw a comedy in? Code 404. Anybody seen that? No, no. I saw it when I was uh, going through the things. I saw it come up, but I've not seen anything about it. Okay, what's so that it, on? 
It's on Sky One, so it'll be on Now TV as well. So it's two policemen in set in the near future. They're played by Stephen Graham and Daniel Mays. They're trying to bust a drug gang open, and during the course of it, of, of the incident, Daniel Mays gets shot and killed. And then it cuts to a year later, and they've brought him back as an AI. So he's still the same, but his memory's been enhanced and all uh, other sort of things with it. But he's just like totally over the top now. So you've got Stephen Graham as a straight man, straight man, Daniel Mays as you know the comic performer. The first episode, I'm watching it thinking, I don't think I'm going to get on with this. But then you sort of warm to the character. Stephen Graham playing it straight is fantastic. And by the end of this six episodes, so I pretty much binge it over the course of a couple of days. Uh, I was quite impressed by it. Well worth tracking down. Okay, I'll put add that to my list. I've got another comedy that Phil uh, Phil the Bear told me. Harley Quinn on Channel 4. Yes, that's already on my list. Yeah, Absolute bonkers. <laughs> it's, it's a cartoon, so, isn't it? It is, yes. And it's funnier for it. I think the, the whole thing comes across. It's Kaylee Cuoco, Cuoco who was in um, Big Bang Theory. She plays uh, Harley Quinn and the Joker is uh, Alan Tudyk. Oh, oh right. right, yeah. Who's always worth watching? Yep. And as a cartoon, it is hilarious. I've laughed out loud, and and, and I had to watch it twice. There's only three <laughs> episodes so far, so you know it's not like I'm watching hours and hours twice. But it's still funny. I mean, it's so rude and brutal because you know there, <laughs> there is a, quite a warning at the beginning, <laughs> which will amuse you in itself. Fantastic stuff. Excellent. Okay, I'll put that one down. Yeah. Back to you, Dick. So you know how I like my um, Scandi dramas. Um, oh, yes. I, I always have one on the go or one that I'm about to watch. <laughs> well, I um, caught this one called State of Happiness. And actually, this is completely different to normal. So there's no murders. There's no police involved or anything. It's, what? I know. What? It's based what? on the true, the true story of um, Stavanger in Norway in 1969 when they discovered oil and how it massively changed the whole of Norway. He went from a country that was on the state, you know, brink of bankruptcy with nothing, just a few fishing villages and nothing really to show for itself. Everyone else was joining the EU and they didn't know whether they were going to or not. Um, and basically, suddenly they find oil and uh, the Americans find oil and it all changes. And it's sort of the politics behind it and the religious part of it behind it. And it's it's really well made. The way I would describe it is sort of Mad Men set in Norway in 1969. The costumes, the music, it's just brilliant. Yeah, really good and really positive, really happy and, and interesting as well. Interesting that how Norway sort of tried to not get ripped off by the Americans totally, but, but work with them and learn from them rather than just, you know, different ways of doing it. Because you could have just said to the Americans, oh, you carry on, you know, you come in and do it all and we'll just take a cut of it. Or, But no, how they really thought hard about it and they wanted to, you know, their, their view in Norway is, they don't just do business. They want to do business ethically. So they want to do it properly. And they were trying to do that with the oil industry, which obviously they came across some hurdles. So really worth watching. What channel was that? And um, that's on the iPlayer on BBC4. Oh, right. So on, yeah. What was it called again? Sorry. State of Happiness. There's rumours there's going to be a second series set in sort of five, six years after. Yeah, I don't right. know whether that because it's been a real success. It's been yeah. really, especially in Norway, it's been really. I mean, the Norwegians played a blinder in this. Actually, they they set up a, a, a sovereign fund for the whole country, so the whole country benefits from the oil. Oh, yeah. right. And a lot so of it that's explained in this. A lot of it yeah. that they go into that detail. So, yeah, not like our country where we just basically we found some and Thatcher spent it. Yeah, never seen a penny from North Sea oil. Yeah, so it's re it's really interesting from as you say from the politics and the business side of it, and then finally on on iPlayer anyway. Before I move on to some of the other streaming services, I caught. Um, do you remember Tony Slattery? It's so good to be back here at the uh, Duke of York's Educational Remand Centre <laughs> and Rehabilitation Complex. Um, I was uh, eavesdropping in the uh, in the bar earlier on, and it was so good to see so many athletic and right-minded people hobnobbing with each other and sampling some of the Duke of York's Theatre dry white wine. An extraordinary mixture. How they get the cats to squat on the bottles. 
I'll never know. And so it was that in Paris I fell in love for the first time. She, oh God, she was an angel. She had everything a boy like me could wish for. Enormous testicles. <laughs> Stubble. But generally the happiness didn't last. Happiness never does. And uh, generally I, I didn't have a happy youth. I had quite a few miserable ones. <laughs> There's a documentary about him and what happened to him and you know he's disappeared for 20 years and suddenly he's coming back and it's it's all to do with his mental illness and he's trying to get to the bottom of it he's never actually been officially diagnosed he's always just got on with it and it's affected his life quite dramatically and his partner I don't know how they put up with him but it, you know it, that comes across and it's just a really interesting study on someone who suffers from mental illness. He was on Whose Line Is It Anyway, isn't he? That's, he how, he, that's how he got famous, yeah. That's how he got yes, really famous. Yeah. No, I know him from that. <laughs> yeah. And he was brilliant on that. Yeah. Superb. And yeah. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't um, maintain it, sadly. He saw him on other stuff and he'd gained weight and all sorts. Yeah. Quite sad, it, really. Well, it is quite sad, but it's also interesting because, you know, mm. mental illness affects so many people. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's another one that's interesting to just see how he, you know, they ask him questions. Why didn't you do this? Why did you know, and trying to get to sort of the bottom. And he meets some very respectable doctors in their field who are trying to work out. And you think, God, no wonder, it's no wonder doctors get it wrong because there's so many symptoms that can be for many different reasons, mm. you know, and and they're, they're still struggling to, so hopefully there'll be a follow-up episode because um, it was a one-off, but it's got to a point where you think they're getting closer, but they're not, they haven't finally got there. So I'm hoping they'll, they'll come back and revisit him in a year's time and see how he's got on. So moving on to other streaming services on Sky or now TV, I watched the absolutely brilliant Gangs of London. I know everyone's been raving about this, yeah, but I've, and I recommended it last on my list. Month. Yeah, I've got it to watch. I'm, I'm, yeah, getting each episode. I would say the Gareth Evans episodes, which I think are episodes one and five, are phenomenal. The guy is just when it comes to fight scenes, he's a legend. What um, nationality is he, Dave? He's Welsh, I think. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, you walked right into that deck. Well, yeah. it's just obviously he knows about fighting a lot. Yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. in pubs. Especially I, in pubs. Yeah, I believe he's from Ponty. Uh, yeah. uh, some incredible scenes. The bar fights in episode one and the, the, the attack on the on a traveller house in episode five are, uh, you know, I would just watch those two episodes again and again. And not bother you know the others are still good because a lot of the other episodes concentrate more on character and story and they have they still have fighting but those two are just you hold your breath the whole way through it it's incredible and the, the lead the, the guy who plays elliot carter I, I can't pronounce his name very well i'm, I'm not sure if it's so paid or something he's got but he's got a bright future and he i'm hoping a bit like because it's similar to born identity in some respects so i'm hoping this has gone down so well and been such a success that they they carry him on into other, I won't give it away, but they could easily, his character could go into other situations and um, and it would still be excellent. And I hope they do because oh, I just think it's fantastic. I mean, it must be, it must be doing rave business because I noticed that Now TV are now advertising it yeah. to get people to come to Now TV. So they say, watch Gangs of London on Now TV on your seven day free yeah. trial. It's on billboards and everything, isn't it? Yes. So, um, some of the gangs are a bit stereotypical. So you've got, I'm not giving anything away here, but you've got, you know, the Albanian gang and the Pakistani gang and the travellers, you know, the traveller people. And uh, it is a bit stereotypical, but I, I don't know. I just find it really interesting. And sometimes the way they fight is different because of their culture. And I just, yeah, I, just, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really good. Has it got a touch of the Guy Ritchie's about it? No, because Guy Ritchie does that thing where he plays with the camera, doesn't he, where he does the... Yeah. It's not like that. It's, have you seen, if you've seen The Raid, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. If you've seen The, the Corridor oh, scene in The Raid, wow. it's yeah. like Great. that. It's phenomenal. Blimey. It's getting a lot of complaints about its violence, though. Is that the Oh, thing? it's very violent. It's extremely violent. I mean, there's one scene with a, where, again, not giving any idea, a guy's fighting with a meat cleaver. It's like, whoa. But it is, yeah. Yeah, if, you're, if you don't like blood, don't watch it. It's not horror. Don't worry, guys. It's not horror. But it is, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's violent. People come out with lots of bruises. That's that's so. high on my list now to to watch. I'll, I'll just try and convince my wife it's another episode of the Sewing Bee. 
Uh, I, I didn't even bother trying to convince my wife. I watched it on my own. Okay. <laughs> it just wasn't. I, I would. I recommend the same, Jeff. To be honest. Right. Okay. I caught a really good documentary that I don't know if you've seen it, Jeff, but um, on all four, there's a three part one about Putin. It's called Putin: A Spy Story. Really interesting documentary. Oh, uh, yeah. I missed. I must have missed that. That's on all four, is it? Yeah. Right, yeah. And I'm it's worth it. That. It's really. I mean, you you'll probably be able to probably know a lot of the stuff already because you're you know more interested in those things. But I was fascinated. My wife and I was just absolutely fascinated. Amazing following his career. Yeah, I went to um, an event at last year's Cheltenham Literature Festival. Will there be one this year? And uh, there was no. Okay, but there was an event on Putin. And they had three guys there talking about him and and how he he rose to the top. And then when I left, I went to the tent to get my book signed. And there was this guy in front of me, and he had about four or five books from each person that was there. And I said, I was just talking to him. I said, oh, well, you interested in this? And the look I got, thinking, oh, Christ, we're in Cheltenham, aren't we? He's a spook. Why did I even bother <laughs> trying to talk to him? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, but I then I'm going to really kill, you. kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I run the Russian desk. What do you think <laughs> yes, I do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. I wrote yeah. this book. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely going to track that down. Excellent. I watched on your recommendation, Jeff. I watched on the ITV player the quiz, the thing about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, yeah, what, what yeah. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really enjoyed. I mean. You still don't know how true all of it is, and you still don't know because, of course, they've been to court and they've not really proved anything. It does seem very suspect, though. But, again, you don't know whether they've led it down that route or not, and they don't really clarify it that much. But um. No, the, the bit that caught me, though, which I, I didn't know before going in, was what happened the, the first day when he's really struggling on the early questions and that guy's trying to get a mobile phone signal. Yeah. And the reason he's trying to, without giving that game away, the setup they they have put in place for that day was really fascinating. I didn't know any of that. Obviously, the coffin bit, everybody knows. But uh, yeah, day one, incredible. And they left out about the insurance fraud, which I thought was quite interesting. Okay. I'm not saying anything that's not on the record. They were prosecuted for insurance for fraud. Okay. So, uh, wow. What okay. did you think of Michael Sheen as Chris Tarrant? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. He was Chris Tarrant. Yeah. I thought he was just, uh, but then again, I think he's good in everything he does, really. So, Are you asking that, Jeff, because he's Welsh? No, 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 because <laughs> it's such an outlandish before. It, 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 it's a really a bit awkward to start off with because he's got the mannerisms and everything down pat, but you know Chris Tarrant so well. So it's yeah. it, it was just really odd to start off with. Yeah. But Sheen, he's a good uh, mimic, isn't he? He this, was brilliant. So last episode, I raved about a series on Netflix called The Stranger. and said that I binge-watched it and thought it was very good. Well, I, you know how Netflix does that. You've watched this. Maybe you like this other thing. So there was another one based on the same author called Safe. So it stars Michael C. Hall. Okay. But it's they've surrounded him with a British cast. And they've given him a very dodgy British accent, which he slips out of occasionally. But So I don't know why they played him with a British accent. But anyway, they obviously cast him because they wanted a, a big name American in there. Is he um, the guy that played Dexter? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Very similar to The Stranger. So if on the back of the last episode you went and watched The Stranger and you loved it as much as I did, then I'd recommend going back and watching Safe because it's addictive for the same reasons. It's very similar style, obviously, because of the same writers behind it. It's gripping. It's like you don't know who's done it, and you, it's exciting. And, yeah, I just – and, again, a good British cast. So I know they're making another – or they've made another series oh, no. based on the same <laughs> author again, so I will be watching that as well. I'll be reporting back to you guys when I've found out more about it. But uh, Oh, no. Yes. I'm way behind on everything you've recommended. My <laughs> list, and now you're recommending things to follow up on things, and then yeah. things are going to be made. Yeah, I'll never sorry. catch up. Jack. You, you just spend so much time editing, Graham. You haven't got time to watch <laughs> these things that we talk about. Very, very true, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's my sort of sum up of what I have been watching. Now I've got some little nuggets that are coming up in the future. First of all, for everyone out there who's excited as I am, is all four from the 1st of June are releasing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
So I watched this years ago and absolutely loved it. And I'm quite tempted to go back and watch it all again. But whether I'll have time, I don't know, because I do recommend a lot on here. But um, if you're if you've never seen it, if you missed it all from before, I think it's one of those series that is fantastic. So, Favorite um, episodes? What ones have you got? Oh, gosh. There's some really scary ones. It was the ones with the guys, what are they called? The misters. You're thinking yeah. of Hash. No, the gentleman, wasn't it? Was it the, gen- the gentleman, that's it. The, the yeah, gentleman uh, the, uh, Hash. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah, I think Neil was going to watch that, but then didn't get there. <laughs> didn't quite get there. <laughs> no. Uh, no. And then on Prime, Amazon Prime, there's a new drama called Little Fires Everywhere that looks quite good, based on, a, on an excellent book by um, Celeste Ung. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. But it stars Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. That's been getting pretty good feedback, so that's going to be on my list on Prime. And they are pushing that a lot. On yeah, I think it's that. probably one of their better ones. Mm. Moving on to Sky or Now TV, I'm going to watch uh, Run. Again, it's only a short series. It stars Merritt Weaver, who was brilliant in Unbelievable, that I recommended on this show before, and Donan Gleeson. Also, Phoebe Waller-Bridge also appears in it, but it's created by and written by the Vicky Jones who was behind Fleabag so she was the one who worked with Phoebe Voller-Bridge on Fleabag and she was the one who directed the stage version of Fleabag so she's got obviously some a, a good history the basis of the story is that two uh, youngsters make a pact 17 years when they were younger that if either of them texted the word run that they would leave whatever they're doing whether they're married whether they've got kids whatever and they would meet at Grand Central Station straight away. So I think that's how it, I haven't watched it yet, but I think that's how it starts. And then it's it's a comedy, but I think it's a, it's a thriller style comedy. So I think it's sort of edgy right. seat stuff, but a comedy. So I think it'd be quite interesting to watch. So I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that. Again, it's not a big investment of time. So I'm going to, that's on my list to watch. And then Netflix has got, they've, they're pushing the boat out again. They've got loads coming out. So just come out are, one series called White Lines. So if you remember before, I re- my son recommended on this podcast that the Spanish series Money Heist, this is created by the same people that did that, but this is in English Ooh. speaking. So it's Ooh. by the people who've done Money Heist and it stars Daniel Mays, again, that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And basically the premise of White Lines is it's sort of set in Ibiza and there's um, like a DJ who like years ago he died and in mysterious circumstances and police woman or a, or a relative or what is coming over to Ibiza to try and something, something's been uncovered or whether they found his body or something. And they're sort of, it's 20 years. So it's going to be done with like flashbacks. It looks like from the clips I've seen, it looks like it's done with flashbacks. So you go back 20 years to the Hacienda days and all that stuff. And then you've got now, but um, yeah, it looked because it's the same creative team. I'm really interested in watching that one. Oh yeah. Me too. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys have seen the film Snowpiercer. Well, the, the series came came out. Oh, yeah. It's just come out this week. I've yeah. just finished the second episode this morning. I've got to catch up. You're ahead of me on that one, Graham. So I've got to catch up on that one. So I recommend that. And then at the end of this week, uh, the new Steve Carell and Greg Daniels, the team behind Parks and Recreation, are doing Space Force, which is this is going to be so up your street, Jeff. So Yeah, I've seen the trailers. It looks great. Yeah, it's political satire, which you obviously like. There'll be lots of Trump-type jokes in there Yeah, about putting NASA back on the moon. So, um, yeah, Space Force, it's called. And Greg Daniels has also done um, a show called Upload for Amazon Prime. It's set in the future where people can upload their consciousness into a a luxurious digital afterlife. And you think, oh, this is a, a, a soft comedy. You know, it's quite funny. And then it starts to get a little bit darker. It still remains very, very funny. And they do crazy things in this sort of digital afterlife. It's very, very good. And again, uh, Greg Daniels from um, the US office and Parks and Recreations is the, the showrunner on that. It starts off with a, a young actor who plays the character Nathan in it. And you think, oh, right, he's the lead guy. His sidekick, the girl, actually just steals the show from him. It's quite remarkable. She is so good and so interesting that you're more interested in what's happening in her story. And I think they realized that as they were going through the show, because more she gets more and more green time as you go through the show. It's really, really good. Upload. Excellent. Thank you. And then a couple of films that I'm excited about for two reasons. One I've seen already, and um, Graham will back me up on this one, 
is Netflix are releasing Leave No Trace, <gasps> which was one of the best films of that year. So anyone who hasn't seen it, which I don't think Jeff has. I haven't seen it yet. No, no, no you life. should ca- try and catch it on Netflix. So it comes out today. So end of May. And, well, I'll, um, I'll need it soon, Deck, because Neil's making me watch 1940s Italian movies now. <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing. Which okay. you should have watched already, Jeff, if you've got any yes. sense. But never mind. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Bicycle Thieves, so it's a quite a good one. Yes, yes, that is a good film. And then the other one that I'm really excited about is Spike Lee's next film, The Five Bloods, is coming yes. straight to Netflix. And it's it's Spike Lee, it's Vietnam, it's a stash of gold that's been buried and they've gone back to get it. And it just looks brilliant. It's absolutely, the trailer looks fantastic. And if it's anything as good as Black Klansman, it will be amazing. So, <laughs> Yeah, we've got a, a review show coming up and the, the people sort of the reviewing films there uh, because obviously it's nothing in the cinemas. We've put two new ones in there, Little Spy from, that's on Amazon, or My Spy on Amazon, and The Five Bloods. But then the other five films, each person's had to pick a film that, uh, for whatever reason, they've never watched, and now they have to watch it, and obviously the rest of us. And there's some interesting titles come out in it. Bicycle Thieves is the one with Neil. Uh, oh, so it's like an I. It's like you're doing I have never when it's sort of like yeah, yeah, you know, hey, you yeah. a nicker my bike, so um... <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. That's Do you know what that racist. line isn't in it? <laughs> oh dear, um, but uh, <laughs> there will be blood. <laughs> my my choice was Children of Men, which I've never seen. Yeah, you've never seen. Oh, you're like no. that. You're no, like so that, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Graham picked The Prestige. Which I've never seen, strangely. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, tell you what I'm looking forward to, Dick, although we're still a few weeks away from it yet, is the follow-up to Penny Dreadful, Penny Dreadful City of Angels. So they've moved it from Victorian to 1930s Los Angeles. Okay, interesting. Did you see Penny Dreadful when it was on? I didn't. I started watching it. It didn't really work with me. I don't know. I lost interest. So, yeah, so it was. Well, really I didn't give good. it long enough. I don't know. Maybe. I... Well, I, I thought it was really good until towards the end, and and they just sort of like stopped it. Yeah, you know, they set all these themes up for different things that were going to happen, and then just it stopped. So I was very disappointed with the end. The thing is, the whole lockdown is going to be interesting because the stuff they're putting out now is stuff that's obviously was in production and you know was in post production anyway, and has been finished off and is being released. But they're you know they're not making any new stuff. And they're releasing a lot of these box sets like The Sopranos and The Wire and everything that, you know, where people with lots of episodes and people can keep themselves busy. But in terms of new stuff, it's going to be interesting. So I read that they they reckon there's going to be a lot of the new stuff that comes out is going to be filmed with social distancing in mind. So there's going to be a lot based underwater and in space because they're <laughs> confined spaces where you can only have one or two people. And so you're not going to have oh. the big you're not going to have the big you know films or series because you can't film with lots of people but if you've got a tense type film or or series that's set in very confined spaces you can you can make that still because you can leave one actor in a room another actor in another room and interact and there's a meant to be i I haven't got the name of it they've they've made something it's got i think it's got david tennant in it they've made something that they're going to release that is the first made in isolation movie and it's again i think it's i think it's david tennant is in a room and someone else is in another room and they filmed it all and I they're going to actually seen release that. It. yep i've seen yeah. that yeah true it's david tennant and the uh, female actor and it looked to me when i sort of oh right i must keep an eye on that yeah so Back it's going to be interesting to see what comes out later this year um and whether that's true it's going to be totally schizophrenic because from September to December, we're going to have the summer season of movies. If we're allowed to go back then, we don't know, do we? Because, uh... Uh, Cine World have just announced they're going to be opening in July. Hmm. Are they, but, so how are they, are they doing like spaced out seating? Are they so that you I have think to so, do... but you've got a number of problems there. One is you've come out of lockdown. Do you really want to go back into a closed space? Also, what's your product? Because even tenant, which is uh, was scheduled for release in July, the only major film, the release date's been removed from the new trailer. Yeah, I saw that. It just says coming to cinemas. Yeah. It doesn't say when, yeah. 
Well, so, I think they're hoping, aren't they? That's they're playing, hedging their bets, aren't they? I think they're sort of hoping that they might be able to. But and the problem is, if they try and do it with, okay, we'll put some classics on, maybe even put them on for free to get people in. Well, what do they think people have been watching for the last three, four months? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a tricky time, and I think cinemas will be a slow build back up, but they need. Uh, I think Wonder Woman is no, it's been pulled from August now, isn't it? So yeah. it, it literally could only be Tenant, I think. Yeah, well, Bond's at the end of the year, isn't it? That's the one. I November think. at the moment, yeah. but you, you don't know. I mean, Dune, Dune is still scheduled for release in December. But yeah, you don't know where whether that's going to go ahead. The other thing that I'm probably going to try and do this summer, it hasn't. It's only, it's only been. Um, mentioned they haven't got the location sorted yet is they're going to set up some drive-ins which i've never done a cinema driving because it's more of an american thing isn't it but they're going to do quite a few in bristol and birmingham around the country i'm quite interested in doing that so well that's the end of the sun then the rain now starts (laughs) (laughs) guaranteed the rain for that that's it guys that's all my stuff that uh, i've watched in the last month or so and it's coming up there's a lot of stuff i just want to Throw in, if I may, one that I'm watching at the moment, and as, as a warning, people not to watch it. I've just got to see where it goes. That's the only reason. The Lincoln Rhyme series, The Hunt for the Bone Collector. So, oh dear. Based oh, on Jeffrey. That's on my list. Oh, uh, no, I'd no remove good? it. Oh, no, oh. I'd remove it. I, I was uh, exchanging messages with Emma about this because she's now caught up to where I am, and she's a huge fan of uh, Jeffrey Deaver's books. And this is nothing like Bone Collector, the book, and nothing like the Denzel Washington Bone Collector, the movie. So, for example, in the film and in the book, it's a surprise at the very end of the book when you learn who the Bone Collector is. Not in this series. You know within two minutes. And it's somebody completely different and the whole setup. And you're thinking, you know, and they keep spinning it out. There's 10 episodes, but they keep spinning it out with another murder of the week that he's got to solve in elementary style fashion almost like a Sherlock Holmes I just want to get to the end of it and see where it's going to go but uh, it's a missed opportunity on what uh, the diva books are like unfortunately so the other one you didn't mention uh, which I thought you were going to mention was uh, The Last Dance on Netflix about uh, the 1997 Michael Jordan yeah, the, the reason I, the reason I haven't mentioned it is I haven't watched it, <laughs> and it's already out, so I can't really say it's coming out in the future. Oh, right. So, yeah, I I I don't like to comment on things I haven't actually watched myself because even though everyone's raving about it, and I'm sure it will be good, I don't like to recommend stuff just based on what other people have watched. I like to watch it myself and recommend that, mm. and then for future ones, yes, for future ones I can take recommendations from other people. But this is already out, so and a lot of people are already watching yeah. it, so I didn't want to. Because when you guys release this podcast, I didn't want to be talking about stuff that probably everyone's finished watching or I don't know. It's a fascinating watch. If you don't know much about basketball or you're not into it, it's still a fascinating watch for the people. Michael Jordan, and I had no idea just how good he was. I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was that good. He was extraordinary. Wasn't he a good leader um, as well? Wasn't he good at getting his the rest of the team like well, to raise he, there? He basically did everything, and everybody else did it, provided everything for him. Yeah. yeah, it was a complete trust thing. He wouldn't have done it without Scotty Pippin. And the way that they show everything is is brilliant. It's a it's a very good um, character study, as much as anything, of all the characters involved. Yeah, it it seems to have hit the cultural zeitgeist at just the right moment. It, it, loads and loads of people who I like have been recommending it to me, and I get it recommended from strange things as well. So I've got a, a Fulham football podcast that I follow, but they had Lionel Messi recommending this show. <laughs> what? And not that Lionel Messi plays for Fulham, I would like to no, uh, or, or was he on the chat? No, he wasn't no. on the chat, but it was it popped up in a conversation. But Michael just... Jordan does not come out of it quite very well. I what mean, he's a brilliant know? player, but oh, and he was good in Space Jam. Some <laughs> of the stuff he says and stuff of the stuff he does with the uh, general manager. Oh right, you, they're they're both as bad as each other, but it was yeah. I think I well, I think Toxic. from what I've heard is. The Last Dance, and also the other one, um, is it Sunderland Till I Die, are both doing quite well because mm. there's no sport. And ah, because there's no sport to watch, you get you do get, yes. as well as you get the people and the drama, you do get to see some sports and clips of yeah. 
And I think people are, you know, a lot of people are watching Sunderland till I die to get their football fix. Um, <laughs> but it's also meant to be very good because it's it really shows sort of how a football club is run and the personalities involved and stuff. So that's another one I've heard that's quite good. But again, I haven't got around to watching it. Yet. Question for you then, Derek. I mean, hopefully, well, by the time this show is, or maybe just after, we should be out of lockdown. And that means you'll have probably August and September free to do what you want. Will you spend any of that time watching TV? Yes, I will, because I, I was talking to my wife about this. I don't think my TV viewing's gone up at all. I think it's stayed the same because of lockdown and you're in the house a lot. When the weather's nice and you're allowed to go out before it was just for your daily exercise, but now it's you tend to go out because you don't want to be sat indoors all the time. So, you know, I'm going out at my lunchtime to get away from the computer and I'm and I'm going out early evening for a walk. Whereas normally, not in lockdown, I'd be going to the cinema once or twice a week. So I wouldn't be watching as much TV because I'd be out. You know, I'd be going from, straight from work to the cinema and not get back till sort of half nine-ish or I'd be going to a later showing at like half seven in which case I wouldn't get back till you know half ten so I would have like a couple of nights and also I'd be doing other things maybe in the evening so if you looked at my hours of tv watched it's probably not changed because I don't want to be sat watching telly all day because and I think there's a limit I mean some people have some people have just literally I mean especially I suppose if they've been furloughed and they've got nothing else to do then people probably are sat watching but when the weather's nice and beautiful then and and because of mental health and everything i need the fresh air and the sunshine and nature and things to make me feel more human rather than and i'm you know i'm working from home on my in my office on my computer all day i don't want to go straight from that to another box i want to give myself some outdoor space and stuff so i find that my tv viewing probably hasn't gone up i'm probably watching about the same and i don't know if my pod this podcast reflects about because i don't think i've mentioned more stuff than i would normally have been watching so i actually think it won't change that much at all it'll be interesting as well it'll be interesting to see what happens to i mean i'm desperate to get back to the cinema i miss i really do miss i haven't watched many films in watchdown i've watched more telly in terms of in terms of hours i probably whereas before i'd be doing 50 50 between films and telly because i'd be going to see two two films in the cinema maybe one at home now i'm probably watching less than three a week films but I'm watching a bit more of the telly because I just find the whole experience of watching a film at home not very good. I haven't got the best setup. I haven't got a, you know, I haven't got a massive screen like some people have got. I haven't got surround surround. So I, it doesn't help because of that. Yeah, I just miss the whole sitting in a dark room watching a film. Um, so I'm desperate to get back, even if it's, even if it's to watch not very good films in this, you know, well, I tend to, thing is I tend to go to cinemas on a, Monday or Tuesday night when there's already social distancing because the cinema's never full. So I don't think it would make any difference to my experience. I would, I'd be the same. I go on my own. I don't tend to go with other people. I sit away from everyone else. I watch well, a film. The thing, you know. thing is now, and it'll be great fun when it does start, I'm hoping to sit near people and start coughing. <laughs> that will clear them. Of course you do, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, but, gee. <laughs> No, no, no. We do need you to get some viewing in this summer because we need you ready for Lockdown 2, the sequel. Lockdown 2. Coming this autumn. Yeah. <laughs> the virus strikes back. Yeah. <laughs> virus spikes back. Oh. oh. Yeah. Boom, boom. yeah, we're going to take that one, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. It, well, it may not. You know, it may not. I mean, this government... It might get competent and might actually learn how to do this properly. So we might be safe. Yeah. What, so I'd you, get ready you for guys, lockdown too. Um, yeah, you guys are more vulnerable. What's your? Would you? Are you in a hurry to go back to cinema? Are you really wary? Because obviously, you... no. Well, I I work in Gloucester Royal every Friday. I've been yeah. on a COVID ward. Trust me, it's yeah. not an experience I'd like to repeat. If you take the proper precautions, you know everything's going on about this app at the moment. But just assume everybody around you has got it. That's the, the the only way you can be totally safe. And if you do that, by the end of the summer, we'll all be wearing masks anyway. And, yeah, masks will stop the spread. They won't. If you've got it, you've got it. But I'm not that concerned. And I look forward to the cinema coming back. I do miss it. What about you, Neil? You back to golf now? Yes, yeah, I have been for two weeks now. 
Um, we're just starting to go to 18 holes, the full round rather than half a round, and that's for the afternoon. So, I'm, I'm yeah. glad of that, or the, the current Facebook joke, running joke, wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, are you, uh, yeah. Now what? Well, you've not seen it for the last few days. I'm playing, I'm playing so oh, okay. badly. Uh, do you track it, Deck, uh, our Facebook page? And I stuff? do occasionally, yes. No, I'm, I'm not a Facebook person, really. So. Okay, well, so, running, so the whole routine since this started, we've done Days in Captivity, and that's me trying to get out. I've run in chunks. So one day I'm wearing a, a T-shirt of Escape from New York with a map of how to get out of New York. Next day, plan failed because it's because I'm not in New York. You know, and it just goes on like that. And the current one is I'm trying Neil and Graham have escaped, and I'm trying to recapture them for this grand new plan that I've got to get in out. And uh, we're tracking Neil through a golf course that's got all these balls all around, all the way around that have been lost, and <laughs> and we know well, he's there because that ain't true. That <laughs> it's, they're all in the water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, being a golf fan, one of the best things about Series Three of Killing Eve is her golf costume you'll have to watch it and let me know what you think of her golf ah, costume i thought it was right. hilarious Get back to it yeah i thought it was brilliant so yeah i think some some of her costumes are incredible but when when she decides to play golf yeah, hilarious but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well deck thank you very much that was a fantastic list as always actually and yet again my to watch list has had quite a few additions that continues to grow <laughs> yeah Oh, sorry, no, no comeback there. So, no, oh, shut up, get on with it. <laughs> thank you very much for your time, Deck. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to our next update, just in time for that second lockdown. <laughs> Ever uh, the optimist. Thank you, Deck. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Cheers. To make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast, please subscribe to At The Flicks at our website, attheflicks.uk. And if possible, please remember to rate and review At The Flicks wherever you get your podcasts. You can contact the team on Twitter or by email. Our contact details are also on our website, attheflicks.uk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>